Welcome to the Fracture Line, the official weekly news feed from the Chest Wall Injury Society, where we will listen to all the bottom line CWIS updates, shout outs, fun facts, and weekly banner. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Crisco, and I'm joined always by Dr. Tom White, Dr. Adam Kay, and Sarah Ann Woodbeck. Welcome back to Fracture Line, everybody. Today we're very excited to have on Dr. Babak Sarani. Dr. Sarani, as with every one of our guest hosts, will you please introduce yourself to our audience? I'm sure most of them know who you are, but give us a little taste for your practice, where you are, and what you're doing right now. Yeah. My name is uh, Babak Sarani. I am a professor of surgery and emergency medicine. I am the chief of trauma surgery at George Washington University Hospital in Washington, D.C. Well, that was short and sweet. I think you're a little bit more than that. You're also our upcoming president, which is why we're having you on today. We want to get to learn who the president is and what he's all about. My first question, is it true that when you were born, uh, Tom White was already in practice? Is my first. <laughs> I will gladly say I am older than I appear, although I act younger than I actually am, so probably not. Okay. okay. All right. Thank well, you. for our listeners, that one's not true, I guess. Myth busted. Myth busted. <laughs> Myth number one. Conspiracy theories on this show lately. I mean, it's just unbelievable. So, Dr. Sarani, you know, tell the listeners a little about your history with CWIS. Well, I go back to, I want to say, and Tom, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I was at the first meeting, however many years ago that was, I got a uh, cold email from Dr. Tom White, who said, hey, there is a, a, we didn't use the word summit back then. I think, I don't know what you called it. Yeah, we're not going to talk in, about uh, that. <laughs> oh, no, we're going to talk about it because it was such a dumb name and we argued about it. It was the rib fixation colloquium. And I was like, nobody uses the word colloquium. Like, Everyone's going to love it. And then you know how many years that lasted? One. And we never used it again. I remember that because I remember wondering if colloquium has any relevance to colostrum. And I was like, is this about OB? <laughs> Dear God. I any part of it. So he said, we're having this colloquium. as an email. I didn't even know who Dr. Tom White was. And, you know, maybe, he, I don't know how he had heard of me. He'll have to tell you how he heard of me. But I am just arrogant enough to be like, oh, I'd love to speak at it. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that was the intention at all. I think I was supposed to be like in row 10 of the audience. But, you know. <laughs> I vividly remember that. And I was thinking, wow, this guy's got some moxie. I mean, a guy like that obviously has something to say. We, let's put him on the agenda. Let's see what he's got. And that's, what, that's exactly how that happened. I went up there and I met all these crazy, crazy guys. And you know how Tom is. He comes across as always well-dressed, well-behaved, and had a glass of, I think, maybe a whiskey or something, offered me one. And I was like, I like you very much. Uh, <laughs> and that's how it started. Honest to God, that's how it started. And I just found this group to be fantastic. That's the story. Is that how you remember it, Sarah? Pretty that much. That's very much how I remember it. We just had such a good time, you know, connect with all these very interesting people. And that first year, there was just this instant click and connection. And Dr. Sharani, yeah, very much a big part of that. And I will say, Dr. Sharani is still the administrator on Slack because that next year when we started actually the chest wall injury society and you know all of that like and we were saying like oh well we need somewhere to connect and you know and you were like yeah slack it's this thing and so even still he gets our billing notices after all these years because you know yeah because you're still our you know when i pull it up it's like you and me that are the two people that are the administrators on the slack account and and so i get this little throwback in my mind each month as i see our names on the account it's a good wave to the past back then in meeting number two which we're sarah is talking about we literally put up butcher paper on the wall literally 
And then we broke into different think tank groups of who wants to do what. And one of the butcher papers was basically how does one set up a way of communicating with each other? And <clears throat> Dave Chesla was the one who actually came up with Slack. Yeah, I was Dave. Um, yep. I never even heard of Slack. And I was like, Dave, that's that's genius. So it really was a collaborative effort. I mean, it was just, you know, it was a crazy idea by Tom and Sarah Ann. But back then, there was such little data. You know, these days we sit around, we wonder what can we research. And the reason we sit around wondering what can we research is the low-hanging fruit to a large degree has been plucked. We did all this stuff. We did non-flail. We did hardware failure, uh, which was called RF2. I still don't understand where that, that was my idea. And I don't even know where that RF2 came from. Reasons for failure. RFF, reasons for failure. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's exactly what it was. RF2. I'm going to bring that up with my wife one of these nights over dinner. Like, let's talk about RF2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, RF squared. That's what it was. RF squared. RF squared. And then we did, you know, GSWs with uh, Jody K band. And there was all these ideas and they were all easy to do because nothing had been done. So any idea, frankly, was a good idea. Nowadays, you got to be a little bit more difficult because we've already kind of plucked up the easy stuff. But back then, it, it was a handful of us, I don't know, a couple of dozen with crazy ideas and nothing but camaraderie and kinship. And what was missing, to be honest with you, was ego and arrogance. And that's what made it so damn fun. You know, there wasn't <laughs> this, oh, doctor white, and you have to wear a tie, and you have none of that business. It was just fun. That's how the society came to be. That's why I still like it so much. That's a fantastic perspective. It's only seven years ago. It seems like 27 years ago, but it was only seven years ago. You know what ago. I still laugh about from that first year? And you'll remember this. But do you remember the first year, the first day, or the day before, you guys all went skiing, and Dr. Gaspari forgot his sunscreen? And so then all the pictures of the RFC, his face is just plum colored like because he just burned and we teased him the whole meeting like this guy that you know only a couple of us really knew him at that time but there were so many sunscreen jokes and he was so gracious and took them all in stride and then it lasted for like three years people kept joking about remember that time when Gaspari didn't wear her sunscreen <laughs> like we all just kind of chuckled about it I think for far too long but he was very gracious about it but that is one of my memories as well since it's in all the photos. It is a great mix of science, of asking really interesting questions. Uh, I mean, Tom White came up with, hey, I want to plate ribs with acrylic. I'm like, acrylic? Well, you know, developing worlds can't afford titanium. I was like, well, this is just crazy enough to potentially work. So it was a nice mix of crazy ideas. No one ever said, well, that's just a dumb idea. Everyone kind of was like, well, that's interesting. Let's at least play with it. Combined with fun, there was the donkey in Albuquerque. Santa Fe. Santa Fe. There was the costume party where Ron Gross showed up as Buford T. Justice from Smokey and the Bandit, right? Yeah. Um, and so you have this mix of, you know, you play hard, you think hard, and you're friends. And that, I will say that's, that's a tough mix, you guys. That's a tough mix. Some of the other societies are very, you know, vested in tradition. And so you have to bring a suit and tie. Uh, some of the societies, you don't have to bring a suit and tie, but they're so big. That you know you have you have by definition you have some degree of cliques. Um, this society is too young, too small, and too informal <laughs> to have any of the aforementioned, which is why I like it. Well, I have two comments. One, that's our challenge, isn't it, Babak? As we as we get larger and get more track record, how do we you know we need to keep that magic somehow? And so that's 
one of the things the leadership has been charged with is to find out what that is and, and make sure we maintain that. The other thing is that we are absolutely thrilled that you're going to be our next president. But it's no secret that one of the reasons that we like you so much is because you look at things a little differently than the rest of us do. You're a little more, you correct me if I say something here that isn't true, but you're a little more circumspect about the universality of surgery for rib fractures that many of us have sort of, I'm not going to say we buy into, but we, we are enthusiasts. And I think you're a reluctant enthusiast. Let's just put it that way. Tell us about that a little bit. Is that fair or not fair? It's a seven. Uh, I'll take away the word reluctant. It's interesting because when I hang out with my CWIS friends, I'm exactly what Tom White described me to be. But when I hang out with other people, I'm the most aggressive rib plater in the metropolitan region. <laughs> And I'm like, you know, I'm the same guy. That says more about us than it says about you. (laughs) (laughs) I will admit I am in search of, I don't think replaning is a last resort. I don't think anything in medicine should be served as a last resort. That's usually a failing strategy regardless of the therapy you're talking about. But I don't think you should use it for, just because you've got broken ribs doesn't mean you need to get plated. The question is, what's the ramifications of the broken ribs? And even you know, we, these days, everybody, three or more broken ribs displace 50% or more. That came from Fred Pieracci's survey study of the CWIS membership trying to find equipoise. And th- there's nothing magical about three ribs at 50%. It's just that half of us think we should, get, we should plate them and half of us don't think we should plate them. And now that's become like this hard indication. Right, that's a very good point. You know? Which is, which is interesting because that's how medicine is. Like, you know, although, you know, you, you mentioned I'm, I'm young and, and Tom was practicing and all that. That's not exactly <laughs> um, One of my faculty members when I was a fellow was Tom Starzl's fellow for liver transplantation at Pittsburgh. Right, Tim. Tim was trained by Tom Starzl himself back in the day. And he told me this story once about how there's a liver patient at the University of Pittsburgh who's not doing so hot post-transplant. Starzl comes in and Starzl's kind of a little disappointed that the patient's not doing so hot. And he turns to Tim and says, give him a gram of solumedrol. And Tim's like, Dr. Starzl, a gram? And he goes, oh, hell, give him two grams. And writes two grams and signs it, Tom Starzl. And there's your order right there. Bam, a gram is born. So these things that we take in medicine as sacrosanct truth, you know, acute rejection, one gram. Where did one gram come from? Tom Strassel said one gram. That's where it came from. <laughs> right. Three ribs, 50%. Where would that come from? Fred Pierachi said so. That's where that came from. What you're saying is if Fred had written the question in the survey differently and used four ribs or two ribs, then we might be having a total different indication. Uh, and here's what I do. I just say, can you go to the bathroom and pee? Everyone's got to pee. No Foley's. Uh, if you cannot pee, you're going to get plated. If you look at me like you're in a you know, sarcophagus, you're getting plated. That kind of stuff. If you're an athlete... You're getting plated. The P test. Let's, <laughs> let's study that. We can randomize patients to that. Let's call that the Dr. Serrani test. I like it. To pee or not to pee? That is the question. <laughs> I agree with Tom, but I, it's interesting. Like I said, in D.C., and by the way, this is a true statement. In the entire D.C. metropolitan region, I am by far the most aggressive rib plater, hands down of all the trauma centers, including my own. Well, that's just because Dr. Diaz moved. So, you know, it is also a respective audience. True, true. It is imperative to get rid of your competition if you're going to declare <laughs> <laughs> So, Babak, tonight, 
Biden trips going up the flight of stairs to the to Air Force One and he lands on the stairs and he fractures, he gets a flail chest laterally and he's struggling. You know, he's not in a bay, he's not ventilator dependent, but he's in your hospital and he's not doing well. Would he get plated? Yes, hands down. But you didn't say Biden. You said flail chest in the hospital, not doing well. You gave me a... It is not. It is a true statement. And this no, is I asked over the internet. specifically Biden on purpose, because I wonder if his doctors and his advisors would trust someone like you to tell them what the right thing to do is. Or would they seek other counsel and that sort of thing? How, how would a politician of that note get to get to rib plating in your hospital? Well, look, I mean, I'm not violating HIPAA because it's already known that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, when she broke her ribs, was here at George Washington. That's on the Internet. I'm not violating any patient privacy. And we advised not plating because of the fracture pattern and the way she was doing and that kind of stuff. She did not meet the metrics. And so you you saw, thankfully, she did well and was discharged and whatever. So we are lucky at George Washington. We have a very close relationship with key members of the federal government. And so they kind of trust us. I see. We don't treat them differently. We treat them the same. Good. You know, the VIP syndrome, Tom, it's interesting. Were you to be at my hospital and God forbid you get injured, you're going to get treated differently because you're such a good friend of mine. And that is not a good thing. That That's not a good thing at all. We're going to round on you 15 billion times. We're going to, to check your vital signs. And the one time you get a temperature of like 38.2, we're going to blood culture the hell out of you. When in fact, <laughs> it's probably better just like treat you like everybody else. You're not doing any mean? triathlon races in your neighborhood. Exactly. Mark, if he comes through there, it's, it's oh, dude. every other day. It's bilateral tubes, Foley catheter. He'll need six colonoscopies if he's here. I mean, he'll need a lot of stuff. <laughs> Let's uh, take the opportunity to have Babak tell us about CWIS International. I do think that our next major initiative forward as a society really should be international. And we talked about this, a uh, couple of us, uh, recently. Now, it doesn't have to be necessarily Europe. CWIS International, as you know, is in Amsterdam. It's good. it's a European, it's a global symposia, but it's based in Europe, this go-around. The idea is that then it'll move to a next location for 2024, 2025, you know, that it will continue to travel, which is why we didn't name it to a location. Yeah, look, to talk to, to Tom's point, yes, there are many a country that cannot afford titanium and screws and what we consider to be standard rib plating practice. But let's face it, there's a lot of countries that can. And those particular countries are at extreme risk of motor vehicle collisions. And so I think that there's a, there's a dearth of information there. And I think that there's a lot that good that we could export as a society. We could do Tahiti. We could do- Bora Bora. Greece, yeah. sounds like a good destination. Now, what else is on your destination list, Dr. Bauman? <laughs> like Fiji, maybe? I don't know. You know, like, places seem like they'd be good places He's to like, host. Palau. The people of Palau need to be plated. Let's go, people. Coconut falls you out of the tree while you're laying underneath it, and you get, there's a flail waiting to happen right there. Well, I was just, uh, hit by coconut. Yes. yes. <laughs> Well, I will tell you, a couple nights ago, my mom tripped, you know, getting up to use the restroom in the night, tripped, fell on something, and now she can't, you know, pick up her arm, and she's so uncomfortable, and she was quick to tell me, she's like, don't tell Dr. White, he'll want to see me, he'll want me to come to the hospital, <laughs> like, this is exactly how this starts, so of course, the first thing I did, I'm like, Dr. White, my mom can't pick up her arm, she fell, and she, of course, now she's terrified. She's like, no, no, no. I'm not going to go, you know, have a discussion about this. I'm like, yep, yep. This is how non-union start, friend. Like you're, <laughs> you're walking yourself down a path. So I'm not sure if it's actually better to know someone or not, you know, because maybe, maybe knowledge is not power in this situation. Knowledge may actually be disabling in this case. 
Well, here's a perfect natural history case of a non-union. We'll just wait until it develops. And exactly. We'll image it. We'll know what day that happened. We'll know a lot of things about it. Exactly. So. We'll know exactly the ideology of the problem, the date that it happened. We'll just, you know, we'll kind of keep the listeners, you know, it'll, it'll just be like a little thread, you know, that way we'll know like exactly how one thing goes to another. Well, one very gratifying thing is that we uh, received a dozen abstracts, scientific abstracts for our international meeting, which is terrific, something that's first time thing. And one of those papers documents the non-union rate in a cohort of patients who never got surgery, and it's impressively high. I just can't wait for that presentation to see how that study was done and, and the validity of that, because I think that's something that we, we're going to want to take a look at. Because I, I well, and So the first question that comes to mind is, how do they how do they figure that out? Are these asymptomatic non-unions or are they symptomatic? symptomatic I think. Symptomatic. I'll have to reread the abstract, but yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll report back on this. Uh, in fact, let's have that. We'll do a journal club with the authors of that paper because it's, it's compelling. That sounds exciting. Yeah. Because I, I think we all, I don't think any of us really knows what the non-union rate. I quote patients 5 to 10%, but I have no idea if that's accurate or. That's what they quote in orthopedic literature with bones that aren't moving. Right. You know, that's, that's, I always think that it's much higher than that. It might be that high because your ribs are never. But the question is, like Dr. Serrani pointed out, asymptomatic? Are they are they having issues from it? So, and is it related to the the initial anatomic insult? Is it more likely in, in ribs that are displaced, or is it more likely in multiple fractures that are unstable because they're flails, or you know whatever? It, there's something there for us to study and understand. Because it, it as a rationale for you know uh, for rib plating, it, it might rise to the level of, of an indication or at least a rationale for fixation if, the, if it's that problematic um oh at the very least for screening yeah like no there's no screening standard right right, right. speaking of mario gaspari didn't him and um i'm drawing a blank on his partner's name but didn't they do a study that showed that there was the highest association with non-union was from a clicking popping sensation in those patients that was a while ago i think yeah that was was that he and dr tissel that did that? yeah yes yeah, yeah, dr uh, dr bill tissel that's the question i ask in clinic not just in clinic and just in general hospital er yeah. clinic whatever i always ask do you feel a sensation of clicking or popping particularly when you take a deep breath or if you're trying to get in and out of bed like that twisting kind of motion if they start saying yes to that question, the odds of them getting plated just skyrocketed. Because I really do think that they're going to get a non-union if it doesn't go away. More often than not, what I get in clinic, though, is if they were to say yes to that question, yeah, I feel clicking and popping, they usually follow it with, but it's getting better. And I'm like, really? And then I wait a couple of weeks, they come back, and they go, oh, yeah, no, it's gone. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. But if they're clicking and popping at six months or a year, you know, the, by definition, they're now unioned or non-unioned. 100%. I'm talking like two weeks out, not not even a month out. Exactly. Yeah, fascinating. Well, Sarah, do you have any announcements this week? I sure do. Actually, on Wednesday, just two days from now, we are doing our webinar for the SSRF guidelines. Dr. Bobby Patel, who led our recent um, revision of the guidelines, will be doing a webinar and going over the guidelines. If you saw those at the summit or if you were unable to go to the summit or if you have partners or other team members that were unable to see that, please tune in. The information has been going out by email, newsletter, website, all of that, Twitter. So be sure to check that out. I know we have a large audience that's registered for that. I think it's just good to be you know, right at the forefront of the guidelines and make sure that you have all of those details. So. That will be super exciting this Wednesday. And then next Wednesday, of course, is case review, last Wednesday of the month. And all three of our cases this month are coming from Australia, which is exciting. So last Wednesday of the month, and this time it is at four o'clock mountain time to make it 
a more palatable time down in Australia. So those are the next two weeks of, of educational activities. And as we mentioned, CBIS International is coming up. It will be the first Monday and Tuesday of September. So September 4th and 5th. So day and a half event in Amsterdam. Looking forward to seeing as many as are interested. All the information is on the website in terms of registration and the most recent agenda, hotel details, etc. So go ahead and check all that out. Looking forward to it. Okay, Dr. Samani, the last thing we do is called Final Stitch. Dr. Bowman, you want to go first? Yeah, you know, I'll tell you what, it's it's hard to believe, but man, my kids start school in a month. That's crazy. I can't believe the summer's like half over. But the good news is football, NFL football, 52 days. Boom. 52? 52 days away. NFL football starts back up. That is very specific. I hope everyone has a great rest of their summer. I know it's a uh, man. It just it's it's gone by so fast, but it's been uh, it's been great so far, and and I wish everyone a, a great rest of their summer. So enjoy it while you can. I like it. I have three for my final stitch. They're really quick. First, the Washington football team. Do they have a name yet? Commanders. The Commanders. Commanders. Okay. It's I a like cool it. name. It's a great name. A second one is it a colloquium? Actually, formal definition is an academic conference or seminar, and it specifically deals with cutting-edge concerns through preparatory study followed by debate and meeting to formulate policies. I think it was the perfect name. I can't help it if you guys aren't interested in expanding your vocabulary. I just That's not my fault. I'm so glad that, yeah, that you're still sharpening this saw seven years later, eight years later. I'm so Did you get that term directly from George Washington himself? Yes. He was a colloquial guy. Something he was a colonial other. colloquial, is, would you say? Right. CC2. That's fantastic. Thank okay. you. Okay. So my, my other final stitch is something I heard about just a couple of hours ago. Some guy uh, was in the Pacific Ocean in his catamaran, and he capsized, and he lost all of his communication stuff and he was on there with his dog for two months eating raw fish and drinking rainwater and the guy survived and it, when they interviewed him afterwards they just pulled him out of the ocean they found him you know just they weren't even looking for him and they found him in uh, some mexican tuna trawler saw him and they rescued this guy but he hid under the hull of his catamaran to stay out of the sun he drank rainwater about 200 cc's a day on average and he ate raw fish and his dog is fine and he's fine He's a little skinnier than he was, but can you imagine two months like that? I wouldn't last a day like that. But anyway, I just thought it was fascinating. The thing that human beings are capable of doing when they when they either want to or have to. Isn't uh, Dr. Dobin out on his boat for the next week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if we don't hear from him in a week, we'll send the Coast Guard. Yeah, exactly. SOS, Dr. Dobin, we are sending you positive energy. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a lot. Well, my final stitch sounds a little trite. I will confess this because I recognize lots of people are suffering in the weather challenges right now. However, I love heat. This is so my time of year. Today, it's going to be 106 in Utah. And I am so happy. Yesterday, it got to 104. And in the afternoon, I was just sitting on my front porch in the sunshine. I'm sure my neighbors think I am bananas. But I was just sitting out. I have a ceramic porch and just baking. And it was such a glorious feel, you guys. As a person who is cold 99% of my life, oh, these couple of weeks when it is just unspeakably hot in the desert, they're my jam. They're really my jam. So 
I'm sorry for the people that are really, really unspeakably hot and the floods and all of the bad things that are happening because of climate change, but I am really enjoying it. And I'm so sorry about it, but thank you. Thank you. I know. I feel very guilty enjoying other people's suffering, but it's very nice here in the desert. I'll tell you what my final stitch is because I, it's the only thing on my mind. I was doing squats and presses yesterday and in the middle of that circuit, I threw out my back and holy shit, I've never had this happen, but I couldn't move. And it was like early in the morning, I had cases to do and I was, I was like, this hurts a lot. And then it kind of got better throughout the day and in the middle of the night at like 12.30, I woke up like in tons of pain. I feel old now. I'm sorry, T-Dub, I'm catching up to you, I guess, but my back is terrible. <laughs> I appreciate that all of your final stitches somehow circle back to insults. <laughs> <laughs> That's my final stitch. I threw on my back. First time. Turn 40 and this one. Well, I'll have you know, I rode my bike in the mountains yesterday in the heat and climbed a bunch of hills, and I feel perfectly fine today. My back doesn't hurt one bit. <laughs> your back didn't hurt before he just twisted the knife in it so you're welcome it definitely hurts now tom have you done your competition yet my competition once you like doing a biking competition and your bike got stolen and then uh, you had to get a new one i did an iron man two weeks ago yeah how'd it go good i said more like a aluminum alloy man but i'm i finished tom you did a full 70.3. Half, yeah. Those of us in the Ironman world don't like to call it half. Half is meaningless. It's plentiful. Oh. It's just... <laughs> it's plentiful. <laughs> half is shit. It's 70.3 miles. <laughs> All right. All right, my turn. I've been inspired. Uh, and I have, I think, two, possibly three. Okay. One is, not, not to beat a dead horse about the colloquium, but since Tom Quium. brought it up. Quium. Colloquium. Look, if you can't pronounce it, that's not fair. That's not my fault. <laughs> I think it was a subliminal, very deep inspiration you had because I went ahead and Googled just now colostrum, which is what the word reminds me of, which is the richest initial milk that helps the baby grow. There you go. So it makes sense to me that that word was the first thing that popped into your mind when you first created the society. <laughs> <laughs> Weird, yes. Effective, yes. <laughs> That's my first thought. My second thought, it's only going to get better. You have just validated his weird word. <laughs> I'm now teaching my 15 and a half year old daughter to drive. Oh, and I took no. her on the highway for the first time this weekend to teach her how to drive at highway speeds. And one thing I told her is whatever you do, don't go 55 because people will behind you kill you either by hitting you or just pulling out a gun and killing you. <laughs> her mother then said, no, 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 she's going to get pulled over by a cop. So I do wonder what's better, realism or legalism? And this is a debate in my house right now. I'm like, go faster. So, and my last Just a baby in half, 59. She was going 70 and I was like, I mean, it seems okay. <laughs> uh, and my last thought, which is the only one that's at all relevant to see with is, why don't athletes have to get plated more often? I wonder that every single time I think about the NFL. Yes. I don't know. I, I thought I've had that same thought. I know they break ribs. I just don't I think they bad. They got them struggling. No. I mean, a friend of mine is an NFL physician, and I called the individual, and I was like, hey, maybe we should plate some ribs. 
And she started laughing. She goes, Bob, we take him to the locker room. She goes, Inject she goes, they make rules all the time. We take him to the locker room. We get a shot of XPRO. We send him back to the field. Yeah. And I was thinking to myself, maybe $30 million is enough motivation to, <laughs> to avoid plating. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, they inject knees all the time. You've seen uh, Michael Strahan's hands. I mean, have you seen his actual hands? Like, they're just so messed up from, like, years of breaking bones and stuff like that. I mean, I don't know. Huh. I, have not looked at I think there are some other sports where it's just as might be even more relevant, like rodeo, because several of my patients are bull stomps and horses. But but we see those patients. But I don't know about the national, you know, the, the big rodeo stars. If they, I don't know. I mean, hockey, you're body checking the guy into uh, constantly. So true story. When Dr. Perucci was the president, we were having this whole conversation about the NFL, and we decided to send a letter to each physician team within the NFL, right? So I printed all the letters. I filled out all these envelopes. I mean, it was a lot of work and I printed the non-flail trial and then we wrote a letter to each of them and mailed them to each individual team physician and then any of the other team members that they listed on there because there's a whole NFL Physicians Association. They call themselves the NFLPA. I had to remember what that stood for, but the NFLPA. And so we printed the whole mailing list because they have it available online. And we mailed all of them a copy of this letter and then non-flail. I did not hear from a single team with even a peep that they wanted to hear more information. I was like, we just want to put this out there and let you know there's this service available. We have members in your areas, you know, in your respective area, and we'd be happy to, you know, connect you for consults or just further discussion. Nothing. Mm. That was a few years ago. I thought at least a few teams would respond back with interest. Nobody cared. I was so surprised. Uh, with further contemplation, can you imagine how thick their serratus and their leptismus are going to be? And their <laughs> That's true. I mean, it could be. It would not be easy to muscle spare one of these guys. Just even even a kicker. I mean, they're just they're robust, muscular humans. It would be challenging. Maybe the one time intrathoracic beats extrathoracic. Oh. <laughs> Are we leaving that in or are we editing that out? <laughs> oh my goodness. I like it. Thanks, guys. You are delightful. I loved hanging out. It's the highlight of my day. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Thanks. Have a wonderful day. Bye, guys.